Do you ever feel like you start off the calendar year kind of slow? A lot of companies actually do. When you look at the government cycle, once they end Q4, we actually go into calendar Q4 for our business. You know, that October, November, December timeframe. Almost as soon as we go into that, things kind of go to this grinding halt and they don't really fire back up a lot of times till February or March. So there's this anywhere from four to five, maybe even six month window where things get kind of slow for a lot of people. A lot of people don't use that time very well. So today I'm going to talk to you about how to not only use that time very well, but use it for planning for the new year. A lot of times I'll do a meeting like this, either with myself or with my partner or other people, but it it usually starts with me just sitting down and saying, Hey, what are my goals? What am I trying to achieve? And that sort of thing. I grab a notebook, I go somewhere. It could be McDonald's. It could be a library. It can literally be anywhere. It could be a restaurant. I tend to go to restaurants and things like that, but it could also be, you know, my kitchen table or somewhere like that. I go somewhere other than my desk. So I get out of my normal environment. I go sit somewhere for a set period of time, turn off the phone, turn off email, don't focus on any of that stuff. And I just focus on planning. To me, planning is just one of those things. It can almost be addictive and people can do too much of it, but a lot of people don't do any of it. And that's really the problem. I will grab my notebook. And the first thing I do is I pull out a separate page for action items so that I know I'm keeping control of the action items and I take really good notes of everything but there's six areas that I tend to focus on when I'm doing business planning the first one is I always sit down and I look at my vision is my vision specific enough if you just want to grow your government contracting business that's not very specific enough you know the other thing is are you inspired by your vision let's say that five years ago you started down a path with your vision for the company and and you were excited by it. It's what you wanted to do. But a lot's changed in the last five years. In the last five years, we've had COVID. We've had, you know, all kinds of weird things in the economy and government. A lot of things have changed. You may sit down and say, you know what? Even though I started off to build a business that did fill in the blank, I no longer want to do that. My priorities have changed as a person. I'm five years older. My life is a little bit different. My kids are older, whatever it may be. I have different priorities. So I need a different vision. I need something that inspires me, something that makes me want to get out of bed and chase this every single day. The last question I ask usually around my vision is, am I communicating it with my team? If you don't have one, if it isn't specific, if you're not inspired by it, the odds are you're not communicating it. And when you're not communicating it, then everybody just winds up working. You're in what I hear a lot of people call the grind. You're just working in the grind, trying to survive for the most part. And while there's a lot of times in your business that you are just going to survive, you don't want to live in the grind and you don't want your people to live in the grind. You want them to live inspired to come in and knock things out, help your customers and actually achieve something meaningful. So sitting down and revisiting your vision, making sure it's clear, it's specific, it's simple. I don't recommend having a vision statement that is, you know, six paragraphs long. I recommend having a vision statement that is one sentence. Keep it super, super simple. Something you can remember. And if I walk up to anybody in your company, I can say, what's the vision of your company? And they can tell me just that fast, hey, this is what we're trying to achieve here as a company. Your mission could be part of how you actually achieve it. And people use these in reverse all the time. Some people say their mission is the one statement. Look, I don't care how you do it. But for me, I look at the vision is the simple thing we're trying to accomplish. And if you have to have a mission, that's the how you're going to accomplish the vision. That's my take on it. There's no right or wrong way how to do it. What is that simple? 
simple one-liner. That's what needs to be memorable. Did you know we have our own community for government contractors? It's called Federal Access. Just visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers and you can get 50% off your first month. This thing is packed full of all kinds of resources, templates, documents, strategy guides, everything you need to be a government contractor. And it gets you in our inner circle where you have direct access to myself and my partner, Josh Frank. So go check it out today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's get back into this episode. The next thing is your goals. Do you have goals? Do you set goals? A lot of people don't. You need to have goals. One of the reasons you need to have it is you need to be able to track the progress towards your vision. And where I typically start with this is I review last year. What were our goals last year? Did we achieve them? Why didn't we achieve them if we didn't? What were the obstacles? If we exceeded them, did we set too small goals? I look at all of that type of stuff. I look at what worked, what didn't, and that should help you as you set your new goals. So setting goals is very important. You don't have to set 10 goals. You could set one. You really could. If you didn't set any last year, one is a massive improvement. Two is phenomenal. Two to three goals for your company is all you have to work on. They just, again, need to be clear and specific and you need to be communicating that with your team. The next one, speaking of team, is you need to assess your team. And as I go through and assess the team, that is a great time to do reviews and things like that. And I highly recommend when you go through that review process. You do a self-assessment. You let them tell you you what they need to work on, what they're doing really well, what they're proud of, their major achievements, that sort of stuff. This is how you usually base your bonuses and things like that around like an assessment of your team. But one of the key things about your team is you need to determine, do I need to replace anybody? Because if you need to replace anybody at the beginning of the year is a good time to start looking at that. In addition to replacing people, do you need to add to the team? Maybe your team is pushed to the max because you're a couple of people short. You lost some people towards the end of the year or maybe in the summer and you just haven't replaced them yet. Do you need to add some people to your team? So assessing the team is a really, really important part of planning. The next one here, number four, is evaluating your resources. What will help you serve your customers better? That's the question you need to ask. Is it tools? Is it equipment? Do you need to hire an outside consultant to help you with your processes, your staffing? Maybe you just need a coach because you you haven't had a mentor or anybody like that and you don't know what you don't know. Now might be the time to evaluate those resources and determine what you need. You know, what's going to help you run your business smoother? What's going to help you market to your customers better? What's going to help you, like I said earlier, ultimately serve your customers better? The next one is evaluating your market. This is number five. Evaluating your market. Are you having success in the market? Are you having the success you want? Are you niched down far enough? Are you still doing too many things? Do you have 17 product lines and you only sell one of them? Do you have an additional 18 services and you only sell one of those or none of those, do you need to clean some things up to make it easier to market to your market? Are there any roadblocks to selling to your customers? Maybe it's a vehicle that you don't have, or you need a GSA schedule, or you need a certification. You don't have the the right teaming partners or the right skill set. There's a whole host of things that could stop you. You know, now's a great time to evaluate what are those two or three things that if I added that to the business this year, 
it would overcome these obstacles and I would increase revenue. Ultimately, that's a lot of what we're trying to do here is just increase revenue. So what are those roadblocks that'll allow you to do that? To me, one of those roadblocks is the one I said earlier about being niched down far enough. If you're not niched down far enough and you don't know who your customers are, you don't know what services you provide or products you sell, that means you're not focused enough and you need to fix that. The next thing on my list is an action plan. Once you've gone through and asked all of these questions and run through all of these different scenarios, you need to prioritize the action items based on month, quarter, and other times of the year to make sure you're executing these things in the right order. So like if you need to get your, let's say, a certification that you need done, whether it is a status type of certification or whether it's a technical one, maybe there's a Microsoft certification. If you need to get that stuff done because there's a monster contract coming out in August, that can't be something that you just put on the bottom of the list. You probably need to engage that action right away to make sure you have plenty of time to make that happen. Same thing with like a GSA schedule or something along those lines. Those things take months, sometimes years to get done. And so you've got to get on that right away. Whereas there's other things that may only take two or three days. And you could say, look, I can put that in February. I can put that in March. I don't have to do that today because I've got some time for that. Doesn't mean you should procrastinate. It just means you need to prioritize the things by quarter, by month to make sure you are going to be the most effective. And then last on the action planning side is assign responsibilities. You've got to delegate some of this stuff and assign some responsibilities to other people on your team to make sure you can achieve this. The only other thing I would add to that is making sure that you are on a at least a quarterly basis, circling back through your team, make sure you're on top of the action items and you're tracking those kind of things. That's a really simple process that I have for planning for a new year. It's a little bit different than the podcast I did on planning for the GovCon Q4 and that sort of thing or their new year. These are just some really simple things that I think you can do to prep yourself. If you're brand new in government contracting, the last recommendation I'm going to make for you is go listen to podcast episode 216, your first year in government contracting. That'll lay out a really good formula for success as your first year as a government contractor. Or even if you've never listened to that before and never applied those, even if you're in your fifth year, it'll lay out a really good formula for success for you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Game Changers. If you did, please go like and share this episode on your social media, as well as rate and review the episode. That helps other government contractors find out about the podcast and benefit just like you. We'll see you next time.